Make yourself a cuppa, grab a comfortable seat and join us in one of life's conversations with your host, Suzanne Barber. So welcome back to Life's Conversation. So I know that this is kind of the the grand relaunch of Life's Conversations because during lockdown, like many others, we decided we were going to actually start a podcast. Um, and I say we because there's myself um, and my wonderful friend, my poddy pilot, um, Dave Goldsmith, who is sat next to me. We call him Producer Dave. Um, actually, he's not sat next to me today. He's actually on screen because we are working virtually today. But we're really excited to bring back Life's Conversations um, to bring you some amazing guests, loads of really great information, Um, A lot of it will have a menopause thread through it. However, some people's stories don't involve menopause, but we are going to be talking about mental health and all kinds of different issues and breaking down those issues to hopefully bring you some really great tips and strategies to be able to perhaps help you in your lives as well. So Dave, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. (laughs) I'm here. This is this is wonderful producer Dave. Um so it's it's really great to be back working with you again. I'm really excited to bring this series of life's conversations out. I am I, I'm really really looking forward to what you've got coming up cuz obviously I've seen some of the stuff that's coming and um I'm I'm really glad to be a part of it so thank you. Oh, it's brilliant. Thank you. Well, thank you for for doing such a beautiful job of producing it as well. I couldn't do it. Definitely couldn't do it without you. So always, always happy to help. Always happy to help. <laughs> so yeah, we do have this series already. A fantastic lineup of guests coming to you that are talking about all kinds of different things. So do stay tuned. Watch for it dropping. The podcast will be dropping every fortnight, um, on a Sunday night at six p.m. So look out for all of those. But this week. Um, we thought we would just have a little bit of a chit chat and let you know who I am, what it is I do. Um, I don't know, any kind of questions that producer Dave has for me as well. So this is a bit of a hodgepodge first introduction. Um, so I'm going to hand over to producer Dave and let you fire your questions. I'm a little bit nervous, I have to say. <laughs> don't, don't be nervous. Honestly, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Okay, then. So we're going to start with a question off with, please tell me who is Suzanne Barber? Gosh, that's a that's a big question, isn't it? Who is Suzanne Barber? Well, I am a I'm a life coach and a menopause mentor. So I specialize in working particularly at the moment with women who are going through menopause. Um, But there's a lot to to what I do within Barber Coaching. Um, I work with businesses. I train businesses um, in menopause, but I also train in things like stress management, emotional resilience, mental health awareness and suicide awareness, um, just to name but a few. Um, So that's kind of part of, I guess, part of who I am, but a lot of who I am. Um, And the reason I came to start doing it, again, ties in with kind of who I am and what my experience was. Um, so I think it's about, in fact, it's six years ago now, just over six years ago now, I had a diagnosis of cervical cancer. Um, and at the time I was working as a weight management or a weight loss consultant, um, as well as part-time in a mental health hospital. Yeah. And, um, and of course with a cancer diagnosis, I had to take 
a good bit of time off work, as you can well imagine. And that was quite a difficult thing for our family because our family's experience of cancer has never been one of survival. Everybody that we had known up to that point had not survived. Right. Um, so having that conversation with my family was particularly difficult. Um, and getting through it was really challenging, you know, and I know I'm kind of cliff noting it um, because I think, I mean, you know, because we've been friends for years, haven't we? Yeah. Um, the, the challenges that were happening all at the same time for me. So I was going through um, treatment and that was daily treatment at the amazing James Cook Hospital at their oncology unit um, with them every day for six weeks. But at the same time, I was also going through a divorce. Right. It was also fun because anybody that knows me knows I go big or go home and, you know, do yeah. all the big stuff all That's at a once. a couple of big things right there, right then. So, Yeah, yeah. Um, and... You know, and it was and it was quite challenging. And the interesting thing was that I, you know, from that noticed so many different things. You know, by the time I'd finished treatment after six weeks, um, you know, you have to you kind of get sent home, and you don't really know if everything's all right or not because you have to wait a few months because chemo and radiotherapy are still kind of doing their thing. Yeah. Um. So this was in the now I think back when was it sort of April, May, June time. So then I had to wait until the September to find out if everything was going to be all right. So there's this kind of long waiting period. And it was one of those times where you go through and anybody that's been through it or is going through it will know what I'm talking about. This kind of re-evaluation process of, oh my God, that just happened. Am I going to be okay? What am I going to do? Am I going to do anything? Am I, am I going to have to go back to treatment? And everything is so very much up in the air. And then, of course, you've got divorce going on at the same time as well. So that's all up in the air. And, you know, you're being chased for documents and signatures. And will you agree to this? And will you agree to that? Um, so I really struggled with that. And for me, it was really difficult to be able to talk to my family about all of that stuff. Because from my point of view, you want to protect them from some of the thoughts and feelings that you're having because it can take you to some really dark places. Right. And so I felt like, well, I felt very alone, to be honest. And I thought I really need some professional help. You know, I worked in the mental health industry. I've always been a massive advocate of counseling and coaching and talking to somebody very independent from your situation. But I couldn't find anyone. You know, we all know the NHS is very overburdened. Um, so it was at least six months back then to get in front of anybody. And I was just, I was like, I really need some help now. I'm really desperate to talk to somebody now because I need to make sense of it all. I can't carry on like this. Um, so I started researching private um, coaches, counsellors, you know, whatever. Um, and I eventually stumbled upon a divorce coach, believe it or not. Wow. Sarah Davidson was her name. Right. <laughs> and I thought, actually, because there was nobody that kind of did cancer recovery or specialised in that area. And I wanted to speak to somebody that knew what I was feeling and understood. So Sarah was the next best thing because the divorce was the next linked issue. Um, and Sarah was amazing. She's an international divorce coach. She trained with Tony Robbins and um, Paul McKenna, if, uh, for anybody that is, you know, that is familiar with those names. Yes. Um, if you're not, you've probably been hiding under a rock. Um, Most definitely. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought, you know, she, 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 she has to be good. And actually, 
even though she was helping me through the divorce aspect um, and, and talking about the divorce aspect, she really kind of helped me sort through a lot of the feelings I was having around um, cancer and recovery and what should be next. And because I wasn't really feeling particularly fulfilled in what I was doing. So I went through this whole process with her. And the one thing that she said to me was, have you thought about doing this for other people? Yeah. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, being the coach that you wanted at the time that you couldn't find. Um, and that really resonated with me because that spoke to, you know, going back to your original question, that spoke to who I am. You know, I've always been somebody that wants to be of service to other people and to help other people to... Um, either feel better or recover from situations or just cheer them up a little bit. Um, so that's so that's what I did. So I trained as a life coach, opened a practice, um, you know, did some did some trauma work, did some work around stress um, and cancer recovery. And then as I was kind of starting off going through the cancer recovery, a lot of the women who were going through cancer recovery also ended up in menopause, just like I did. Right. Um, so of course that's the next thing to try and navigate when you you know go through cancer recovery and then for those that get put into menopause or you know through other ways of being put into menopause whether that's surgical or chemically or naturally um, but with the cancer recovery piece there was a lot of those and of course I was you know going through my own menopause and trying to figure that out and navigate that and it's quite scary because you don't know what is side effects from the chemo and the radiotherapy you don't know what is menopause symptoms you don't know if it's potentially cancer coming back um so it's quite an anxious worrying time until you figure out what to do with it or figure out what on earth is going on and try and separate it all out I so think, i was doing i was going to say no, no i think it's quite interesting obviously you've got there's like three massive waves of emotion there and and obviously problems etc one thing that I did really, really sort of pick up on there is be that person that you needed, um, mm. and, you know, when you're sort of delivering that. And I, I think that's absolutely lovely. I think a lot of people need to apply that to themselves, you know, is how can you help somebody? How can and you mentioned about being of service to somebody mm. and, and using that as an example? I think that's, that's, that's a really good way of putting it. But yeah, thank you. And and I always, you know, and I always just think I've always been the kind of person that if we see a problem, we might mourn about it, but that doesn't get you anywhere. So do something to change it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always tried to apply that in my life and I always try and encourage other people to do it as well, because there's no point sitting and moaning about something if you can't do anything about it. Um, so, you know, like you say, I wanted to be that person that I I didn't have that gap and don't get me wrong. My family and my friends were incredible. You know, I honestly say hand on heart without them, I wouldn't be here today um, wow. because I went to some very dark and scary places. So I was very, very lucky to have friends and family around me that were, that were there to support me. My mum was with me for treatment every day, whether I wanted her to be there or not, you know, she was there with her fun little inane chatter, whether I was too knackered to listen to it or not. Um, but you know, and actually, even though I thought I didn't want it to be there, I needed it to be there. Um, I think it's it's one of those situations in it where somebody's with you and you kind of don't want them there, but they kind of if they weren't there, you'd still be thinking, "Oh, I really wish you were." I just want to pick up on one thing you actually said there about the dark places. So, yeah, you know, if anybody's actually listening to this now and they're in those dark places, what was 
what was your sort of survival technique for that? What what kind of when you got yourself? Because I know sometimes, obviously, um, your you, you sort of mind can run away with yourself, mm-hmm. and it sort of spirals downwards. And I think we've all sort of been there. When you mentioned about yeah. the dark places, what was your sort of mechanism for getting out of that? How did you manage to sort of turn that round? Was was it like contacting somebody? What? Yeah, there's there's quite a few things that that I have done because I went to some very dark places and you know trigger warning suicidal thoughts, um, because when you go through something like that, you feel like you don't want something to take you off this earth that's not in your control. Yeah, and so I thought, and that's where my thoughts went. Well, I'm going to go out in my my way of choosing rather than being taken out by that. Yeah, um, but you. You know, you you find those little kind of golden threads to pull on. So the little things that bring you joy, you know, I had I had my dogs at home. I had my family at home and, you know, my friends, you know, I would call a friend or cuddle the dog or even just watch something really silly on the telly. Just little things that would just lift your spirit somehow, you know. That could even be flicking through Instagram and looking at, you know, puppies and kittens or, you know, whatever it is, but just something that lifted my spirits. You know, when I felt myself go to that place, there was always somebody around or always somebody I could call on or something that I could do that would lift me away from that dark place or distract me away from that dark place. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and it's just, again, it's just finding those threads and just pulling at those, that you know, I call them the golden threads, just pulling at those golden threads because the further, you, harder you pull at them, the more the more comes down and the more gold thread you end up with. Um, you know, and that could either just, you know, just be writing something down, like how many things am I grateful for? Or even in my own head planning, right, what am I going to do about this? What about this situation can I control? And let's go and do that because when you go through something like that, there's so much that isn't in your control. You know, you literally put your life in the hands of other people. Yeah. Um, so I was looking at the things I could control. So that was my movement, my food, my sleep, my self care, my, you know, getting out and socializing all of those kinds of things I could still control. So they're the things that I focused on. And that's really what, you know, all of those things kind of got me through. Yeah. And I mean, I think probably one of the biggest problems that we have at the moment is about self-care. And I mean, having been on a um, a journey myself in the last few years, it, I tend to find it mm-hmm. um, self-care was a bit of a dirty word for me, Um, you know, and it was a, a case of well, why should I look after myself? Why should I do this? What, what, you know, what, and so when you're talking about self-care, what if I was your client now, what would you say to me about self-care? How would you what would what would you what would you advise me to do? Yeah, because so many people and I hear this so often and I was exactly the same, you know, that we always thought that taking some time out for ourselves or I don't know whether we were raised to necessarily. I don't think that's the right word, but maybe it was a societal thing, wasn't it? Where yeah having time for yourself is really selfish when we could be productive in other areas or we could be giving it to somebody else. And that really pushes my buttons because I see so many incredible hardworking people that burn out because they don't make time for themselves. And then if you go down and this is the, you know, this is one of the questions I always say to people, if you go down poorly because you're burnt out and exhausted who then picks up on everything that you do? Who takes care of the people who rely on you in your life? 
Yeah. You know, and many, many times, in fact, almost every time the answer is, well, nobody. So taking that hour or that half an hour or that five minutes a day out to look after yourself actually is really essential. Yeah. It's not a nice to have. It's not selfish. It's essential to make sure that you're 100% to look after everybody else that's in your life. So what what type of things did he do then sort of like, you know, for that um bits of self-care was it just sort of taking time out reading a book music what type of thing was it yeah loads of different things so um i'm gonna sound like a re a real lady now um <laughs> but crochet was a big thing for me yeah and the reason and and you know i made god i've got through about in six weeks i made about four sweaters and a blanket um but the reason that was so good for me was because it took me out of my own head and everybody will have those activities that take them out of their own head um but for me, with crochet, you have to count. So you can't worry about anything else. You have yeah. to focus on what you're doing. Um, you know, sometimes if my mind was wandering, I would put an audio book on or some music at the same time. Um, but if it was a really difficult pattern, then I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, you know, like you have to turn the radio off to be able to see where you're driving. Yes, yeah, yeah. I do that all you the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. So that for me was it was a really mindful activity and I actually wasn't really aware of it at the time until I started researching this in more detail um, just how mindful it was. So that, you know, it did a lot, was a lot of time for me, especially when physically I was just too tired to do anything else. Yeah. Just, you know, I could just sit and crochet, but, you know, getting out with the dogs when I could for a walk, even if it was just to the end of the road, getting some fresh air, even just sitting in the garden, um, you know, all of those things, talking to friends on the phone when I had the energy, having them come round or me going to them if I could. You know, my friend Claire came and picked me up one day and took me to the beach with the boys and, you know, bought me some fish and chips and an ice cream, which was lovely. Brilliant. So, um, you know, there's there's lots of different things and it was just about doing what I could. And again, it goes back to what I could do, doing the things I could do with the energy levels that I had at the time. So I had to very much be in tune with what my body was telling me as well. So obviously coming through that and again, again those three big waves that we were talking about. How how did he feel when you were given the all clear with the cancer and, and and you know everything fell into place? How how was how did he feel? That was the weirdest mix of emotions I have ever experienced in my entire life. Because believe it or not, I was with my weight management group when I got the phone call from nice. the consultant, but she didn't quite say you're all clear. They don't ever give you the words all clear. Yeah. But they tell you that you, or in my case, she told me that I'd had a really positive response to um, the treatment and I didn't need to go back for any further treatment. They would just monitor me for the next five years. Brilliant. Um, so that in itself was amazing. Um you know, I was I was with my my members. I had to sit down. I have to I distinctly remember my knees going out from under me in relief. So there was tears, there was laughter, there was you know applause, even brilliant, um, which was incredible. And of course, then I had to ring my family and tell them um, all this while trying to run a weight management group, which was highly unprofessional. Um, but hey, <laughs> I think well, I, think um, I was going to say very understanding. Yeah, they probably would have bought into that one. I think you you would have been allowed to celebrate that, no problem at all. Oh yeah, I mean they'd gone the journey with me as well because I was I was 
try well I said running that I was absent from it for a good period of time while I was going through treatment so um I'd gone back to it um afterwards um so yeah but then there's this kind of almost kind of stop it's hard to describe but kind of stops you in your tracks like oh my god that just happened Mm -hmm. now what yeah because I mean you don't do things by halves do you (laughs) (laughs) just just saying just putting that out there in the ether yeah so at that point you know once I'd got the results this is this this was the now what and this was the connecting with Sarah this was you know going through all of the coaching and and then setting up um qualifying as a as a life coach and setting up um barber coaching to be able to help other people who were experiencing similar things um or going through similar different uh, similar situations and I think that the reason I did that was because when you talk to somebody who has gone through a similar situation to you, you know that they truly understand what your feelings are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that brings a different level of connection between a coach and a client or even a, co- or even a counsellor and, and a client. If there's lived experience of the issue that the client is experiencing, it brings a different level of connection. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people come to me is because they know and that I understand what they're feeling yeah. and, and that they've been through. Um, I understand the trauma. I understand PTSD. I understand anxiety um, because these are all things that I've had to do a lot of work on myself to be able to um, get to where I am today. Yeah. And that's, I think that's really interesting because I, I myself have met a couple of people who um, have given us um, counselling. I think it's probably the best way to put it. And they've kind of looked at you and said, well, I can understand how you feel. And I'm thinking at the back of my head, do you though? Do you really understand? So that for me, key is um, the life experience. So sort of bringing out the subject of barber coaching. So tell me what sort of barber coaching's mission statement is without being too military about it. Missions, you know, you're appealing to both our military backgrounds here. Um I think it just goes back to being that person that I needed at the time. Yeah. So filling those gaps and supporting people who are really struggling with the situations that they're going through. So, you know, specifically life-changing illnesses and injuries, anxiety, menopause, um, you know, helping people where they're at and helping them feel better. Um, but, you know, and it's not a magic wand. I would love to say it's a magic wand and no. it's transformational. You know, this this word, you know, transformational um but you know i do i do a lot of speaking in lots of different places as well so i go to I, you know i get invited um you know i'm very lucky to be invited to lots of different places to go and speak yeah. on various different topics as well um and you know for me the mission is just to educate and empower people to take control of their situation so that they can be as resilient as they can be and get through it in the best way that they possibly can um, I would love to say that we could all breathe through difficult situations, you know, if I had that magic wand, but we know that life's not like that. But if I can just make it a little bit easier for somebody, then mission accomplished. I, I think part of the battle with, with anybody, it's been sort of, um, and I don't want to use the word suffering because it is, it's it's like one massive long journey for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think it sort of when you actually sort of look and think, I must do something about this that's probably one of the, that's the hard part. I think 
Um, and I know from personal experience that day when I went in and spoke to the doctor and said, this is the situation, I felt as though I'd sort of opened the floodgates. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was a little bit, uh, I was nervous. And But I think it's probably the best step for anybody. So when, mm-hmm. sort of with the journey, obviously you're going to be counselling or helping people along on the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, is is any can anybody come to you can any you know can is it sort of a do you have a specific type of client or is it sort of anybody um, i generally i generally work with adults um but i'm very lucky that i have a, i have a small team or i'm developing my small team now so i also have because i'm a coach i'm not a counselor but i also yeah. have a counselor that's working with me as well and yeah um so if people need something different to coaching we can offer them counseling as well which is really exciting um and do you know, I will never turn anybody away. I know people, you know, people in the industry always say to specialise and to, um, you know, focus on a niche. I market myself as a menopause mentor because that's the bulk of what I do yeah. is, is talk about menopause. But there are all of these kind of subsets of people I also work with as well. So I work with veterans because I am one. Yeah. I work with people who, you know, I've worked with people who have experienced a suicide in their family and there's another project, you know, spin-off project coming from that. And I work with people who are recovering from cancer. I work with people who have PTSD. Um, You know, so there's a lot that kind of feeds into what I do. You know, I'm I'm also a certified divorce and breakup coach as well. So I can work with, with those people as well. Um, I also work with solicitors in the area as well to do some of that work um, with um, with people who are going through those situations. Um, so, so yeah, there's there's lots of layers to what I do. I wow. think <laughs> you could probably say. <laughs> where, where where do you start? I mean. <laughs> And so, then, of course, there's business training as well. So, you know, if any businesses out there need any mental health support or menopause training um, or policy support for their businesses, then they can they can reach out too. Policy support is always good. I like that. So mm-hmm. so you mentioned in there about the pro- there's another project coming up. I mean, I know that obviously you, we're launching the podcast here and this is the, uh, the inaugural interview. Um, yes. <laughs> so do you want to talk about uh, do you want to talk about your project? Yes, uh, yes, I can. Um, So we are um, in the process of starting a charity. Um, I did, this is not an exclusive, by the way, because if you heard my interview on the Northern Lass Lounge, Lounging with the Lasses podcast, then sadly they got the exclusive. They pipped us to the post. Um, But big up for Kylie for getting in there first to get the juice. Um, But yeah, we are starting a charity. We're in the throes of starting a charity called Breaking Waves. And this charity is specifically designed to work with families who have loved ones who have survived a suicide attempt. Um, And the reason that we are specifically working with those families um, is because, you know, I've had families, family members come to me through my private practice to work with me. Mm -hmm. And when I've tried to look for other support for them, there isn't any that I can find. So if there is, forgive me to anybody if I'm doing you a disservice, please make yourself known. Um, But we couldn't find anybody in the research that we did and we reached out to some quite big mental health organizations around the region as well to see if we could get that specific support Um, and the reason that's so important is because a lot of the charities out there that offer support are usually for families who are bereaved by suicide yes so the folks who have um 
family members who have survived a suicide attempt are reluctant to go to those charities because their loved ones survived. Yeah. And that's a very different conversation. That's a very different family dynamic. Um, you know, and those people are, are missed out. Yeah. You know, so the person who made the attempt is hopefully getting support through mental health services or community mental health team or whoever that is for them, but their family members and these family members may have been the ones who found them or experienced the trauma with them. Don't get anything. Yeah. So that's why we're setting up breaking waves is to work with those families to help them move forward from that. That's fantastic. That sounds amazing. So um, when's that going to be up and running? Well, with any luck, we'll have it up and running by November. Um, so we're planning on doing some groups in local community centres around the northeast to start off with. Um, so, so look out for that. Look out on, you know, we start, we're, we're getting the social media pages up and running, but watch my social media pages as well. So Suzanne Barber coaching, or you can find me as um, Suzanne, the menopause mentor on Instagram. Um, but watch the, yeah, watch social media because that will be coming very very soon to a community center or a church hall near you that sounds amazing <laughs> sounds wonderful so anybody so very excited the, about if it. anybody's listening to this now they can still get in contact with you now can't they absolutely they yeah help. yeah 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 don't wait just reach out for help absolutely yeah and we'll uh, get supported i was going to say because you'll be you know you'll be able to signpost somebody if they you know off to if to get the relevant help that they need so that's great so marvelous um what drives you what drives me? Wow. Okay. Um, many things, but I think the one thing that keeps me going, because I think, you know, anybody out there that's a solo business owner knows how difficult that can be and how you experience imposter syndrome and wonder why anybody would want to listen to what I have to say, or am I experienced enough or do I have enough knowledge? And, you know, we can say that about many different experts. We all feel that way. And the one thing that keeps me going and driving me on happened actually two nights ago. Wow. When somebody called me um, who I had met, she said, I've been trying to track you down for about a year. And I said, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, how, how can I help? And she said, I just wanted to tell you that I saw you speak at an event. It was a Christmas event. And you were talking about menopause and the things that we can do to help ourselves which she wasn't aware of. Right. And this particular lady was suffering with crippling anxiety to the point where, again, trigger warning, she had been, she disclosed to me that she'd been having some suicidal thoughts. And she said, one of the things that I picked up from you was about caffeine. And she said, um, I drank a lot of caffeine thinking that it didn't affect me. So she said, I went away and I stopped drinking caffeine based on what you had said around how it exacerbates menopausal symptoms and potentially mental health issues like anxiety. She had never had an anxious episode since she gave up drinking coffee. Wow. That's amazing. Which was amazing. And she said she even put it to the test almost a year later when she, she, um, one of her family members was out spinning around a track and she was anxiously watching them, Um, you know, normal race day nerves. And she had a cup of coffee and she said her nerves went off the chain again. Wow. Um, and she she'd literally said so thank you she said for what you said um because that changed my life now that is the thing that yeah keeps me going 
Brilliant. and drives me just knowing that you've had an impact on somebody's life to make it better. That's awesome. That's absolutely amazing. So it is incredible. Yeah. And I mean, here's to many more. Um, and I hope, I mean, I think one of the other questions I've got to ask is, of course, um, why the podcast? What, 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 <laughs> that's kind of, you know, crazy question, but. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I know. And and it's, it seems, it seems weird, doesn't it? Because everybody's doing a podcast, but do you know what? It still feeds in with the mission because the more people we can reach and the more people we can help, if somebody listening today or to any of the podcasts that we have to push out gets a little golden nugget that they can take away with them that makes a difference to their lives, then we're doing exactly what we set out to do. Brilliant. And and what type yeah. of stuff are you going to be covering in the podcast? So what's... Um, oh, my gosh. What... There's lots of things. So we've got people who um, are specialists in their field. So we've got um, we've got sleep experts, we've got nutritionists, we've got breathwork specialists, um, you know, all kinds of different people who are in business for themselves. So these are all people who have the tools and skills to give you tools and skills to the listeners. But also they have their own incredible stories and journeys that lead up to the point of them doing their own businesses, just, I guess, just like me and just like you. Um, So we want to hear those stories as well, because let's face it, you know, you know me, I love a good story. I love delving into what makes people tick and why they do what they do. So, of course, we have to we have to pull on that as well. So we've got, yeah, lots of juice coming up for you. So tools, tips and stories. throughout this series which i'm really excited about to share with everyone brilliant and how how often are you going to be releasing the podcasts they're going to be every two weeks on a sunday at 6 p.m so the next one from this one is going to be on the 17th of september and we've got the incredible annie bar mbe as our very first guest so super excited to bring you that one excellent and where are you going to you're in the usual places for the podcast as well are you so spotify and other Yes, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts. So we're across all of the platforms. Brilliant. Okay, that's great. And of course, you're going to be doing the mini casts as well, aren't you? Little nuggets oh, you've of information. Me in that one. Thanks, producer Dave. <laughs> so yeah, so in between times, we'll probably have some little mini swords as well. So that'll just be me with my musings and thoughts and anything that is relevant at the time that um, I feel would be useful information to share with people, or just a few thoughts and stories from the week. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Susanna. It's been absolutely awesome. I hope we've covered everything you've needed to do. And I'm going to hand over back to you because I'm really shy and want to get back to the backroom stuff. Oh, thanks, Dave. And thank you for flying with me as my poddy pilot, producer Dave. Um, we're going to let him go off and get his cup of tea and his biscuit now. So to um, to round off, if you are worrying about any symptoms, whether they are physical or emotional symptoms, please do reach out to the relevant doctor or clinician um, in your area. You can also reach me as you feel you need to at the website, which is www.barbacoaching.life forward slash contact. Of course, we'd love it if you would like and subscribe our podcast and leave us a five-star review. That's what keeps us going and what keeps the podcast going. Um, and of course, please do share it with everybody that you speak to because we'd love for them to get some benefit from it too. We look forward to seeing you next time on the next episode of Life's Conversations.
Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.